welcome to episode 236 of uh, Laps Gamer Radio. I am your host, Mark, and joining me tonight is the other Mark and Nick. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are you doing? You're good? Summer's coming to an end. Yes. The, the nights are drawing in already. Yeah. Uh, but the, nobody told the weather. It's been pretty, been pretty nice here this weekend. Today was, okay, yesterday was like 24, 25 degrees. We're decent. I got caught out in the rain in my shorts, so that was good fun. Okay. <laughs> not, just, been not just my shorts, yeah. Yeah. I always feel like I would rather be in the rain in shorts because leg dries yeah. faster than like denim if you're in jeans or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, there's like, there's like less. What sort of shorts are we talking about? Cargo. Were they like... Yeah, but like, what are we talking like fabric? Oh, well, yeah. Were they like, were they like, like swimming trunk material? Or like, oh, okay, right, right, right. So like short chinos. Chinos, yeah. Okay, so some sort of cotton yeah. mix sort of thing. Yeah, fun times. Fair. Fair. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we all had a lovely weekend. We're recording on a Sunday, which is unusual. Yes, mate. Because two of us felt like shit on Thursday and didn't want to record. <laughs> which two you so, will never find out. Exactly. It's probably going to be the two of us assigned incredibly unenthusiastic this evening. Probably, uh, also. yeah. I um, I went out in Manchester yesterday, so I um, I'm not rough, but in Manchester, Manchester, indeed, for Oktoberfest. Did oh. you have it, Oktoberfest? Oktoberfest. But I put beer in the middle because. Oh right, right. I got uh, sorry. I, I missed the beer bit. I was like October. October fest because beer. Right. Yeah. 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 No. It's the, it it's the, it's the I way. I apologize. The way you pronounce the word beer. Nice. Um, threw me off. Yeah. Um. Okay. How was it? You have a good time. It was very good. Yeah. Um. I also woke up without a hangover yes to this morning, which is good. But I think it's just. You know, whenever you like, you have alcohol and your sleep quality isn't as good and it kind of catches up on you throughout the next day. That's mm-hmm. basically just happened. So now I'm just a bit Welcome tired. to our world, Nick. Yeah. You're old. I'm, it takes, I'm 31. This is the start it takes, of the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As soon as you cross over the threshold from 20 to 29 to 30, then suddenly hangovers take like a day and a half, two days to clear. Mm. At yeah. least. Well, uh, it doesn't get any easier. Thank welcome you. Welcome to the world of being old. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed the beer too much, though, so it's worth it. Really good. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh video games then, because that's what we're here for. Uh, before we get talking about games, it's been a big, nasty old piece of mm. news in the past week. Um. Nick, this is your sort of forte. Do you want to do you want to run the uh, run us through the basics of what's been going on? Okay, so basically, um, last week at some point, um, Unity, who are a uh, they they make a very popular video game engine, which is incredibly popular with indie developers in particular, but also it's used by a range of people in the industry. Um, have announced a new fee that will be levied upon uh, existing contracts for anyone who uses their 
engine and releases video games on that engine. So the new fee is what they are calling a runtime fee, which is slightly a misnomer because it's not specifically a runtime fee, but it's a install fee. So the idea is that depending on which uh, payment plan, pricing plan that the person who owns, who has licensed Unity, who made the build is on, uh, every time someone installs their game that they have purchased, um, they will have to pay Unity a, a price, a fixed price, uh, which can, according to Unity's website, go up as much as 20 pence per install. So, um, yeah, eff- effectively, um, they <laughs> a video game that you release now, you can't really... If you use Unity, you have no real way of knowing how much money you're going to have to give Unity. Like previously, it's just you pay like per year for the license, uh, and there's potentially uh, like a revenue split for like five percent of profits or something af- after it passes so, so much revenue, which is quite standard. Like uh, Epic's Unreal does has a similar mm. deal and stuff like that. But now, um, if you release a game like take for example Vampire Survivors, uh, which is a game made on unity um very small developers like two or three developers who who made that game i'm guessing they don't have a lot of money <laughs> um their game went stupidly like it's still top 10 steam games mm. currently selling i wouldn't even like to calculate the amount of money that they would have to pay over to unity just because of their game is very successful but it costs three mm. quid so Unity probably makes more money out of them than they make of the game. Like they would probably be in negative equity if they released that game uh, as they did, and and it was a successful. You also get uh, the issue with um, if if uh, developers put their games in bundles like humble bundles or itch bundles that we've had for charities um, Unity has no way of knowing how a key was sourced, so they would still be charged the same. So again, if you put your game in, in a humble bundle and 10,000 people install it one month, you might have to pay unit. You'll have to pay unity for all of those installs. Um, and that's again, um, shitty, um, to say the least. And even worse, uh, they apparently don't have any real way of knowing if, if a game is pirated. So you could literally be charged for pirated installs as well. Uh, which, which is very worrying, uh, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's a bad situation uh, and it seems that since it has been released, uh, the news has been released and had some backlash, uh, they have walked back some aspects of it and they've tried a bit of PR damage control, uh, but it still seems to be currently, as of recording, something they fully intend to press ahead with. Um, so I guess we'll see how the next weeks and months play out and if it actually happens. Mm. Yeah, it's very concerning. Yeah, it is very, it's, yeah, it's very complex. Like you said, uh, it, it, it can cause problems with games that are included in charity bundles, games on Game Pass, games on PS Plus, pirated games, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I mean... Games given away free from through Epic Game Store... Xbox uh, Game Pass, yeah, yeah, um, which um, Unity's Unity's reply to uh, to the Game Pass question was quite funny because they said that um, with I assume without any kind of actual legal team speaking or anything, they said, "Oh, 
Microsoft will pay for the Xbox Game Pass installs. Um, I'm pretty sure Microsoft will not have signed off on that. Uh, and no. they will definitely get their lawyers involved if, if they are claiming that, I think. Um, yeah, lots of angry emails being sent from Phil Spencer being like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah and R- Rami, uh, who is like very influential and good indie developer, uh, also thought of a sort of interesting case that could potentially happen if uh if for whatever reason um you upset a group on the internet which let's face it with video games that happens all the time uh instead of review bombing people uh they could now probably find ways to spin up multiple vms and keep installing uh, your game to keep charging you the fee so literally draining your pocket um by installing the game on vms repeatedly um which seems unity didn't really answer the question when on on twitter from what i saw about if that was possible uh but from what they've said as long as the vms were you know new computers it seems like that would be possible because i assume Mm -hmm. they're just tracking them they said like two installs on the same computer wouldn't count but that's obviously probably just using the mac address or some some kind of machine key uh, which VMs, they would all have different MAC addresses, different v- uh, VM keys. Um, but an install on a PC and a Steam Deck from the same account would count as two separate installs. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's also worth pointing out that the current CEO of Unity uh, used to be the CEO of EA. John uh, Riccatelli, and... I think his name is something yeah, like Riccatello. that. Yeah, and he is also yeah, the guy who at one point tried to have the idea of uh charging people for um reloading in battlefield yeah it was i saw i saw the direct quote it was it was from a transcript uh from a investors meeting or shareholders meeting where he floated the idea of you know after you've been playing battlefield for six hours yeah maybe if you run out of ammo then you can pay a dollar to get more ammo yes. and like he was this is specifically talking about like the idea of like oh well you know if someone's six hours in then then they might like not you know balk too much at spending an extra dollar just to reload or whatever it's like real scumbag sort of stuff um he left ea well he he volunteered to resign. He was one of these probably golden handshake nonsense deals when yeah. he failed to increase their share value um i don't think he's going to be long in this particular job uh there's also some implications of potential insider trading because him and a number of other unity executives sold a lot of unity stock in the weeks leading up to this announcement coming out which is dodgy as fuck um the they had a really really good discussion about this on um uh, uh remap radio and uh ren was talking about um in the um adopting the disney business model so like most companies have adopt a model where they have like multiple revenue streams and one of them won't make money mm-hmm. but the one that doesn't make money makes money for the other revenue streams so for instance sony might not make money on selling a console which they didn't for a long time on like ps4 PS3 um, as well. Don't, mm. PS3 as well, yeah. Um, they don't make money on selling the console, 
they make money on selling the software and it it works out that they still you know they get more money that way um, in the case of the, microsoft in the case of the playstation 3 as well they were effectively selling the ps3 at a loss to get blu-ray players in people's homes because every blu-ray yeah. they get a license fee for the blu-ray yeah yeah um I, I want to look into... I've never really read up in... That, this is a bit of a tangent. But I've never really read up on that situation too much. Of like, what caused um, Blu-ray to win out over HD DVD? Was it the PlayStation 3? Or was it, as it had been in previous format wars, like pornography? Um, I'd be <laughs> interested to find out what caused that, that war to be won by Blu-ray. But anyway, that's another subject for another time. Um, but... Yeah, the Disney model is that all arms of Disney Corporation must make money. All all the numbers must go up, and if one of the numbers is not going up in line with the other numbers, then the person in charge of that particular number is in trouble. Uh, and it seems that um, Unity are trying to do the same sort of thing, and so the, the Unity engine doesn't make money. Now, they make lots of money through their other applications. I had no idea about their other revenue streams, like Unity... The engine uh, and their software suite have a lot of applications in the military industry, for example. Mm. I had no idea. I knew nothing about that. That's kind of wild. Um, and so it's like you, the engine business not making money uh, is like that number, uh, that, that, that business is what makes the other sectors numbers go up. Yeah. But it's not good enough for the shareholders or the CEO or whoever made the decision. And so they need the engine number to go up as well. And it's going to cause a huge problem for the for their for their business. Obviously, like the military is not going to give a fuck about this stuff. And the other the other applications for the engine, um, the gambling industry and and so on, who are exempt from these rules anyway, funnily enough. Um they think that uh or general consensus is that this this particular maneuver is made to try and claw back some money from free-to-play mobile games that are made using unity because uh they unity isn't seeing any cut in the transactions that are carried out inside the application uh so they're going to try and get some money back by forcing companies to um use their you know to pay for for downloads or whatever uh but like this is uh when whenever there's been like a, a a video game company has made a shitty decision in the past you see like a massive outcry from video game enthusiasts and the general public the general consumers don't give a shit because why would they yeah they don't know about this stuff they don't care unity's consumers are the people making the video games they are the people who care about this stuff uh and it's gonna cause a massive like um well a ma massive backlash is, is has already happened but it's going to it's going to cause like huge problems for the for that particular arm of unity's business model going forward if because even if they roll this stuff back now it's too late the damage has been done who the hell's going to trust them anymore yeah. and so when these games that are already being made in unity city skylines to um kerbal space program to various other games and like oh god knows how many countless indie games that are being made in unity once they and it's too late to change engine now because already in product in, in development once that's done 
those studios are just gonna the, the, those engineers are just gonna retool to and, and re retrain to to build games on a different engine <laughs> because why would they trust unity yeah definitely i mean the main hope that unity has is that the um the pretty sure the primary language of unity is c sharp um mm-hmm. and there aren't many other video game engines that are as well regarded as unity that use c sharp um that is kind of going to be the only thing like obviously to you can learn other languages but if you, if it's your bread and butter mm-hmm. and it's what you know best and it's what you've been doing for like you know how many years we've been making this game you are but these very decisions... comfortable in that um but these decisions are probably going to be uh, might be being made for people like devolver digital came out and said that um what engine a developer says they're going to use in is going to have a big sway now in pitch meetings going forward as to whether or not they decide to fund and publish a video game yeah which which you know is... because as the publisher they're the one that has to foot the bill but obviously they're a publisher not the developer so the developer that just potentially make makes De- devolver mean that a lot of developers will potentially not try and pitch through Devolver anymore because they are so entwined with that engine. And, you know, you look at other engines that are around, Unity is still probably the best for indie developers starting out. Mm -hmm. Unreal is is probably sort of your next biggest one, but the size and scale and, like, Unreal is is made for double AAA games. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's it's a massive engine. It's, It's hard to learn and hard to sort of build for for small teams especially it's, it's made for hundreds of people working on it to be able to work on it yeah. well um so and you know that's, gonna, that's, that's means, concern going forwards for everyone yeah it, it does feel like this is uh going to um disproportionately affect in developers because yeah. when they announced the the uh what the charges were it's like the for the people who pay for the top version the the most expensive version of the unity engine license or whatever they pay less yep the so triple a developers who do use unity will pay less and most triple a developers don't use it anyway do they get they'll use they either use unreal engine or they have their own the uh, you know they're, they're under an umbrella of a publisher that uses their own uh engine yeah i would find it hilarious though if um in sort of the next big unreal release um they they announce like c sharp support if they do that mm-hmm. then that'd be a pretty good pivot but I don't... they've got the money to to do it to just pump resources into doing it to make it work just to spite unity <laughs> like epic can just print money it's it's yeah. stupid how much they, they're pulling in just from Fortnite. yeah and um, Fortnite is a massive loss leader for them like if you look at actual the money that they make from uh unreal engine it's it's really not a lot of money it's like a hundred million dollars no. a year which you know obviously it's a lot of money but in in video game scales it's, it's nothing it is literally just Fortnite floats everything about that company yeah yeah and it will do uh, till the end of time probably probably yeah it's it's the whole situation's fucked um and i don't see how they come back from this now because it's the sort of like 
PR disaster that, that is like a, a death sentence for a company. I mean, or for at least that arm of a company. They've done shit like this before, and they've they're still around. So um, we'll see if Not this is the final though, blow. Right? We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. yeah, I know we'll see, but uh, I don't know. It feels like this is they haven't done anything this egregious. Uh, anyway, should we talk about video games? Yes, mate. Uh, quick, should we do a Baldur's Gate update? Where's everyone at with Baldur's Gate? Because we've all got our own solo games are going on, but we've also got our joined, <laughs> um, our joint game. I can't remember what happened in our last session on on the the joint. We fought a lot of stuff. We fought a lot of hyenas. Hyenas. Oh yeah. We oh, yeah, rescued and had lots of internet action. Yeah, so. and yeah, we rescued we, a gnome um... that was strapped to a windmill. And we uh, walked in on an un- unfortunate situation that was yeah. occurring. Oh yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, I think that was. Where are you guys at with your um, single player saves? I remember. I have to say, I don't think I've played it since we last convened. Um, I meant yeah, because I think the last thing I did was get the the Thunder's mace in a strange way. That was the last, but that I, we spoke about that in the last episode. Yeah. And I think I've just sort of noodled around and had a little wonder, but I've not really had the time because I've been. I saw. Um, I watched Zoe get the Blood of Lathander yeah. uh, in her safe because she's playing on them. Um, she's playing on the PS5. Uh, I've got a character in her group um, that just sits at camp and then occasionally I'll jump in and do split screen with her. And mm. um, the split screen. I've, it's, this is a weird thing. It's like um, Baldur's Gate 3 is a step up over Divinity Original Scene in every conceivable way, except the split screen stuff. Oh, okay. So if you played a split local play local split screen in Divinity Original Sin, if your characters were near each other, the split screen would merge into one screen because why would you need a split screen if you're standing right next to each other? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it just made it much more seamless um, when you were just, as long as you were like following closely, then it would just be one screen and you didn't need a split screen. Mm. That doesn't happen in Baldur's Gate 3. There's no option to, to make it happen. Mm. It's just mm. a hard split screen at all points. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, if you're having one of those cutscenes where you fall asleep and you get, you have to speak to the, your guardian. Mm. Uh, if you're playing in split screen, that happens on two screens at the same time. So you're carrying out two conversations with the same <laughs> character at the same time with two different characters. And it, was, and it just didn't... A bit jarring. Yeah, it is a bit jarring. It's basically, whenever that happens, I just hit the, the pause button and disconnect from the game. So the Zoe can play through that cutscene and then I'll rejoin the game afterwards. Because <laughs> otherwise it's, um, it's all a bit of a, a, bit of a mess. Although, as we found out afterwards, if she had my character in her team and I left and she went into one of those cutscenes, she had to play through the conversation twice, once with her character and then once with my character. Oh, my word. Yeah. It's just some, a, little, a few little things like that that just seem a little bit like, this is weird. Why is this a step backwards from, yeah. from yeah. Divinity Original Sin 2? Um, speaking of Divinity Original Sin 2, I played some... Because I've I've finished Father's Gate three. I don't know if I had last time we spoke about it. Yeah, yeah I think I've, you said I've, you were pretty close, or you were on the last knock-ins. Right. Yeah. Well, I've I've seen credits roll. Um, it's incredible. I loved it. <laughs> I'm really happy with my ending. 
Uh, I've subsequently started another single player save file uh, where I'm playing as a like a uh, like a proper sleaze ball scumbag um, bard. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to like trying to play him as a bit of a bit of a slime ball. Yeah, like as you did, as <laughs> you know, as you expect a bard to be, really. Not disparaging your character at all, Nick. Can't believe it. Um, no, I wouldn't <laughs> say anything about Laura Dern. Um, but yeah, uh, I went back and played some Divinity, Divinity Original Sin too because I've played like the first act or so of that game ages ago uh and i never finished it um and so i thought like i like i'll go back in and see what it's how uh what it's like and like you know it's graphically it's nowhere near as good and there's no the cat there's no like camera zooming in and doing over the shoulder mm-hmm. um shot reverse shot cutscenes or anything like that um and the voice set the quality of the voice acting is good just not quite as, it's, it's basically it's just not quite as good in every way yeah um but i'm still i'm going to persevere with it just because it's it's different enough from Baldur's gate 3 to be a bit of a, a bit of a change even if it's feels like a slightly inferior product and that's not to talk the game down at all it's it's, it's great yeah um but Baldur's gate has just raised the bar so high um I also have dabbled a little bit in um, a game called Tyranny. Have of you guys played that? I've heard of Tyranny, but I've not. Played it was it. the game. It was the game that Obsidian made after Pillars of Eternity. Right. Okay. Before they made Pillars of Eternity two, and it's another one of those style CRPGs, mm. uh, real time with pausing. Uh, combat stuff. Although this one's got a really really cool system where you can go in and into the menus and you can tell it to auto pause whenever certain parameters are hit okay which is really good cool um it's it's an interesting um premise for a game it's basically uh set in a world where uh, this 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 malevolent force has conquered almost the entirety of this world apart from one little corner and you play a like a general in this conqueror's army um and the game starts with you sort of like picking so that this general has like two two factions two armies that fight for them uh that are competing with each other and are very diametrically they're very different Mm. in their characteristics and the way they carry things out and your uh it tells talks you through like uh the history of this conflict and they'll come up with, like certain flashpoints and you have to decide what your character did at those flashpoints like deciding how your character got to the point they are at the beginning of the game nice. uh and that will those uh, it seems like those choices will have like quite large quite heavy consequences on how uh characters will interact with you how the representatives people from these two uh like uh competing factions will um will interact with you but it's like it's a really interesting premise where you start the game as kind of like a bad guy right. like you're you're basically you're basically starting the game as darth vader <laughs> doing doing the emperor's bidding right the em- so the, this this malevolent force that's, that's conquering the world can issue edicts and when an edict is read then 
crazy shit happens like uh, entire regions of the world can be completely destroyed or um entire armies wiped out or whatever through the power of this edict that needs to be read and at the beginning of the game you're delivering one of the edicts to this corner of the world that's yet to be conquered um and it's just a really interesting um set up because it's like you're you've got a job to do you're supposed to be going in there and doing the will of your boss mm. but you know how much how how far do you lean into it or are you like look i've got a i've i've got to do i've got to come here and do a nasty thing maybe it'd be best if you guys left first you know if you come yeah. to a, like a camp or whatever um yeah it's it's a really it's 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 uh, that that style of game feels kind of dated now it's it's graphically it's it's a step up from uh, you know the old um uh bioware um games in this sort of uh, uh CR- or bioware crpgs yeah uh, it, it it's it's looks about the same as you know um blizzard eternity blizzard eternity 2 did so it looks great um fully voice acted pretty much fully voice acted so far um it's got uh but it's but it's that even with the um the uh, the settings to be able to get the game to pause on certain thing when, when certain things happen in combat it's still real time with pause and i've i don't i don't fully jive with that combat system i like the fully turn-based system yeah. that you have in the larian games and pillars of eternity 2 introduced turn-based combat as an option you can have real time with pause or turn-based but um uh tyranny was the last game that didn't have that option um and i've kind of miss it but i but it's interesting enough that i think i'm going to keep pushing on with it it was one of those um free on uh, epic game store games okay. from a while ago so uh not that it's very expensive if you wanted to buy it on steam anyway but uh yeah it's just a very interesting little crpg awesome um i think that's about all i've played apart from the the one biggish game that we want to talk about has anyone else played anything i've not unless, no. unless you can watch my son no. play copious amounts of donkey kong uh tropical freeze oh yeah how's he getting on he's getting, do you know what? he's getting on really well he's, he's actually yeah. getting way way better um but that game is hard that game is hard and that's the problem is trying to explain to a seven-year-old look you don't want to be big headed and go, even I can't play this. <laughs> you know, even I no. find this hard. And it's one of those yeah. ones where you go like, mate, this is just, this is just a hard game and you need to like, just bear with it and either yeah. kind of move to something else, go back to the, one of the older ones. But no, he's, he's very stubborn and he's just like, so there's a lot of frustrated, like almost pad thrown across room moments. And it's like having to teach him about like, if it's not fun, put it down, walk away from it. No. So there, yeah, there's a lot of that going on at the moment. But yeah, when he's when he's into it and he's flowing, though, it's yeah, it's wicked. Like that game is incredible, and the soundtrack's immense as well. Love it. Yeah, so, um, yeah they always have had like great soundtracks, haven't they? Mm. Like right from the original um, Donkey Kong Country, that music is burnt into my head. Yeah, man. Um. So yeah, now other than that, though, I haven't I haven't played much. I haven't played much. All right. Uh, oh, let's talk about it. Gentlemen, what do you think of Starfield? <laughs> I think I'd better go last. 
It's all right. Nick, you've played a bit. How much have you played? Like two hours. Fair. Um, so not a lot then. Not a lot, but it's it's really not made me want to go back for more. If I'm oh, perfectly thank honest. you for saying that. Um, thank you for saying that because yeah. So I went through character creation, did all of the sort of like story. Did you get irrationally angry when you had to pick your pronoun? No. <laughs> I, I saw that video. I did see awesome. though that uh, Nexus mods have banned the mod that takes away pronouns. Yeah. But apparently Good. all the mod actually did uh, was remove the, the choice. Um, so every character did default to being uh, non-binary because they is the default choice, them and they. It is, yeah. So they it's were kind literally of self-owning only in themselves. There. It's, it's only in there so that NPCs can refer to you as he, him, or she, her, or they, them. Yeah. That's, that's why it's in there. So the NPCs... It's not... It's, it... <sighs> But the mm, funny thing is, honestly. though, because the people who made this mod are very, like, probably, like, you know, anti-trans and non, non-binary non gender yeah. things. But, um, yeah, the, all of their characters, if they use that mod, will be non-binary by default. So, whatever. Um, mm. So, yeah, I did all that. did all the sort of, like, main story beats leading up. Um, and then went away to a new planet and shot up a space... Um, place because i had to and then went to a town and that's pretty much as far as i've got um it's 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 a bethesda game it's clearly Mm -hmm. like an evolution of their engine of like you know the Mm. fallout 4 engine um Mm. what oh yeah no it is yeah it is it is an evolution of the engine yeah, as you say, as you say, is the Fallout Four engine, which was the Skyrim which engine, the Skyrim engine, which, which was, was the, the Oblivion, Oblivion engine, engine, which was the Morrowind engine, which was the Morrowind engine, yeah. which was the Daggerfall engine. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're just in this that weird place now where it's just forever. But anyway, uh, it's it's an evolution. It's changed. It looks decently pretty. The issue I have with it is the I think I've mentioned just on in chat and stuff about how they. The it's a Bethesda game, which over time has sort of eroded what it means to be an RPG. And I think a lot of video games have done this in the past sort of ten years, where every game these days now has like elements of RPGism. Like you have, even if it's as small as you know leveling up and having skill trees and crafting and stuff like that. Every mm. game, you know. The new, the new Tomb Raider games, for example, they have a lot of RPG elements, but you would never call them RPGs. Apart from the Assassin's Creed, Assassin's game, Creed, literally RPG. every game, not every game, God but of War. Most games that you can think of these days have some kind of skill tree leveling up and progression of character like that, which uh, you you typically associate with RPGs. But I think. Bethesda games in particular have kind of rode on the being the most um, marketable and most successful RPGs that are more true to RPGs um, and what they are supposed to be. But I think that Mm -hmm. with the release of Baldur's Gate 3, um, 
just throwing Baldur's Gate 3 out there. They've got so unlucky with timing, I think, because mm. any other times I probably wouldn't think as critically as this, but um, I went to the like a space station in the middle of nowhere that I'd never been before, and there were some pirates, and I thought, aha, I can try and talk to the pirates and convince them that I'm just here for you know good reasons and that I shouldn't shoot them and they shouldn't shoot me. But nope, they're just immediately hostile. Uh, they apparently know that I'm a bad guy and just want to shoot me. And obviously that's just yeah. a thing in all Bethesda games. If you think, like, you know, all of the Bethesda games, Fallout 4, Skyrim, there's just enemies that are immediately hostile you can't talk to. Um, but it does seem to be worse in Starfield than I've noticed it before. Um, Starfield and Fallout were probably about the same, to be fair. Uh, I've not played Fallout recently, so I can't mm. really say anything on that. But yeah, it's just that thing of how people are sort of holding it on sort of an RPG pedestal when there's no form of role play other than the people that you're allowed to interact with. You can either try and deceive them uh, and and th- throw a bit of a role there, but it's it's only when you're at, it's only when it's on Bethesda's terms you can't decide to speak to a random NPC uh, and yep. and do things off the beaten track like pirates. You just have to shoot them; they'll shoot at you. They don't know who you are. You don't know who they are. Um, you've got no real basis for thinking I need to shoot these people because you just you just gone exploring and you know they're just hostile. You have your character has no reason to shoot them and they have no reason to shoot your character. Mm. Yeah, I just the, I, um, yeah, go on. I was just going to say quickly on on that specific point. I saw I can't remember which streamer it was. Fairly big one, from what I understand. I don't, I don't watch them, but I just know they're mm. fairly big. I can't remember the name though. They were playing some Starfield and talking to the chat, and they were talking about uh, comparing it specifically with Baldur's Gate Three. And they were saying that, like, he said that the, the, the difference that he found between the two was like, uh, uh, um, at no point during his playthrough of Baldur's Gate Three did he come up against a um, come up against a situation and say. You know, I want to do it this way, and the game be like, no, you can't do it that way. If you wanted to do so, if you wanted to tackle something a particular way in Baldur's Gate, then he could, and you just can't in uh, in Starfield because it's incredibly restrictive. Your options are talk, uh, and like maybe you get the option to do a persuasion check, and that that whole mechanic is like just a coin flip. Or you shoot, that's it. Hmm. Those are your options. And even then, like I say, that's when you have the option to do that. There there are some yes. enemies that are just completely always going to be hostile. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chazzy, what were that's you going right. to say? I mean, yeah, I mean, coming down on all this is like, I, I found the game to have little to no world building whatsoever because you are... Mm-hmm. Um, dashed off to planet to planet to planet to planet to planet that they don't spend the time to sort of explain who you are or who these who anyone you interact with is or no. that, that why you're there what the what the world is like in general kind of who who's who who the antagonists of the world or the world are is everything was very like just in the introduction, everything's throwaway. Oh, these are these are the pirates. They're going to attack you for nominal reasons. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get a free spaceship because of 
because we're just going to give you a spaceship. We won't just gloss over that. Don't worry, just take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you were you were mining, and now you're not mining because I can't bother to explain that. Just get in the ship and fly. Yeah. Oh, I won't explain mm-hmm. it to you how to fly it. Just 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 click a few keys. You'll work it out. The robot will and tell you that. Robot robot will tell you that. Don't worry about that. And then sort of I'm five missions deep, and it's kind of like don't know why I'm here. Don't know who I'm talking to. Don't really care who I'm talking to. Talking to. Don't really care if I go on the mission because I I don't feel like I'm in the world in any way, shape, or form. It just feels like they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, don't bother about that. Don't worry about that. Don't don't worry about this. Just just go and go into these thousand these thousand different menus and play football manager for like twenty minutes, trying to find mm. a planet. You know, it's just everything's a menu. Everything like. You're not walking, even if you were walking from the place to your ship and you were passing people and hearing conversations and finding them interesting and then going and having a chat with someone and leeching a bit of information about the world out of them, that would be something. But you're not, like, you don't get anything. You just get the kind of, oh, I took an arrow to the knee. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you just walk on and. Oh, I'll just click X or tab or whatever it is. Get back to me. I'll go straight back to my ship, straight into the the menu, and see a cutscene and fly off to another planet. There's just no. Mm-hmm. It's just so sterile, and per and yeah. just lacks personality. Yeah. So, I spend a while at the beginning of the game being like, I'm going to try and engage with this game on my terms and see if it can meet me, um, yeah. at least meet me halfway, and so. At the beginning, you're you're going through your like you pick your like your traits and your perks and stuff like mm. that. And your traits will have like a positive and a negative thing and whatnot. Pick which which uh, of the big factions you belong to because the galaxy is divided into three, um, and you pick like what your background was. And so I picked that my character came from was like a you know free spacer like a what? you know space libertarian basically. <laughs> uh, and their background was they were a space trucker. I was like, okay, this is cool. I like mm. this. I like I like the idea of space trucking. Yeah. Uh, and then the game starts, and you're uh, and the game starts exactly the same way as it does for everybody else. Yep. And you're working in a mine. Like now, how how did that happen? How did my space trucker yeah. end up working in a mine? Um, any explanation for that at all? No. And then it like it made me remember uh dragon age origins which is a game that came out mm. like oh, I don't God, know, yeah. 15 years ago or something like that yeah and you had different origin you had different opening sequences of that game depending yeah. on the origin you picked you're either like you know if you picked like either like yeah. the human noble or no, you were um, one of the mages in a tower yeah, or you were a, like a noble dwarf, or like one of the common dwarfs, or you were like a, a an elf that lived in the woods, or you were an elf that lived in one of the ghettos in a city, and you had like these different origin stories depending on which one you start, you picked at the beginning, mm. and uh, this does nothing like that at all. Now, neither did neither is any other Bethesda game, to be honest. When Fallout Three came out, it was kind of like. There wasn't anything else out there that was quite like that. The novelty was but, was like fair. the novelty was still there. When Skyrim came out, same shit. But Skyrim had so much else going for it. It did mm. it did a lot of things right that I kind of forgive that stuff. Fallout Four, I 
did not give a shit about. And I uh, it, like the world building in this is even less interesting than in Fallout 4. The only bit that has been somewhat interesting is I joined the United Colonies or whatever they're called, the Vanguard. Explorers. Not the Explorers, no. like the, the space military. Okay. I joined yeah. the space military because I heard like it was a good way to rank up your like piloting skills so that you can fly like the biggest types of ships. And it's got a whole quest line that was, it was okay. It was kind of interesting. There was a whole thing about like using an alien race as a biological weapon and whatnot. And there was like a weird Colonel Kurtz character. And it was, <laughs> it was kind of interesting, but not particularly well written or voice acted or paced or anything mm. like that. But the beginning of that mission, you, you're told to go to, you know, report to the training center and you walk through a museum and you can stop at every point and listen to recorded messages tell you, obviously from what this one faction's point of view, so it's very, very propagandized, mm. a history of like the tussles between them, the the war that happened and what happened to some various places that you will come, that you will go to during the course of this um, quest line. That is the only bit of world building I've come across so far, yeah. and it was completely optional, and you could walk straight past it. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, at least in Fallout and Fallout Three, like Fallout Three, you you were in the vault having your birthday, and you and you were a little kid, and they build that up, and you know, they they make you feel like a vault dweller at, at the very beginning when you're picking your stats. Like Fallout Four, you have the family home and. You know mm-hmm. that that whole sequence where you're rushing to get to the vault, that that's building a world. It's 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 making you feel part of this apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. There's just none of that. It's the whole opening it. sequence to Skyrim as yeah. well, which right. people complain about, like oh, being stuck on rails for a little while. It's like yes, but at least it's setting you up yeah. for something. There's none. Of there's that. none of that. No, absolutely none of, none of that. You do some mining. You touch an artifact. You see some crazy. You see some lights. Uh, and then it's the start of Mass Effect. Pirates. Yeah, it is. It is the start you touch of Mass the Effect. Forerunner, you but... touch the Forerunner artifact, you see yeah. some visions. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. how long ago was Mass Effect now? Like, have well, we not this come is... up with a better idea yet? This is the big the big problem I've got with the game. And I and I say this with the heavy caveat that I have still played quite a lot of it. I was playing it early today, <laughs> and when we're finished here today, I will probably still play some more. And I'll explain why. But the problem I've got with this game is there are it is and it's it's uh it's just an uh a magnified or an amplified version of the problem that every Bethesda game has had, mm. and that every Bethesda game has been like a mile wide and an inch deep. Yeah, and this is as this is far wider than any Bethesda game has ever been, and that little bit shallower. Yeah. And so there's so many more systems to interact with. So many, it's pulling things from so many different sort of games that no other game has had all of them in before. But every game that it's pulling from does what it does so much better. Yeah. yeah. So the 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 planet hopping like main campaign stuff is Mass Effect, Mass Effect Two, but done nowhere near as good. Like. They they they're pulling inspiration from so many places. There is like a there is a cyberpunk coded place that you go to. Yeah, that's all drenched in neon, and because the people of Bethesda have absolutely no imagination, the city is called Neon. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, 
Yes. And of course, you know the the um, like um, generated worlds and stuff. Planet hopping in that regard is very is just straight ripped from No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah. But it's like for, taking Neon just as an example. It, it is it is like someone said. Do you remember that city that you go to in Mass Effect Two? The sort of like lawless. Mm. Uh, and it's full of like criminal gangs, and it's all neon drenched and everything like that. What if we did that, but not as good? Um, and that seems to be the whole. Like none of it makes none of it seems like cohesive either. So no. like the the free spaces, whatever they're called, you go to their home city, and it's like this is one of the factions, one of the major factions in the in the game. They like. They uh, would were you know at a stalemate with the big you know incredibly advanced space military fascists, um, Starship Trooper coded people, and you go to their home city and it's like this is just something they just cut this out of a Fallout game. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like a, a ramshackle Wild West town uh, in with muddy streets and like uh lights hanging from cables and stuff like that it literally looks like a fallout uh settlement fallout planet um the yeah so many aspects of like the the moving the, the going and exploring planets and stuff like that is a uh worse version of no man's sky the space combat and all that stuff is a worse version of elite dangerous mm-hmm. um the building and putting like you're you're putting your ship together is kind of interesting but like games that have let you build vehicles before have done it so much better uh i'm not even going to mention zelda i'm I'm talking about things like fucking um ratchet and clank uh banjo and kazooie um, uh no yeah banjo and kazooie nuts and bolts bolts. that's what i was thinking of banjo and kazooie nuts and bolts um like the, the vehicle building stuff in that was more um intuitive and more adventurous uh than the shipbuilding is in this game uh, in, f- in fact the shipbuilding in this game is incredibly fiddly and annoying even if you're using a, a mouse if you're using a controller god knows how bad that is um it's just yeah it's just everything that it kind of draws from it does worse than the games that it's obviously mm. like aping yes yeah, um, such an odd game such an odd, it is. odd game, and, and and but it's also like, like Nick was saying, it's an it's it's an evolution of the of the just Bethesda engine, hmm. Bethesda gameplay that we've seen before, and in a lot of ways, it's a massive step forward over over Skyrim, which was like the last one that everybody loved. Um, it's a, a graphically uh, and, and I want to say in the way it runs because it runs kind of like shit. Um, <laughs> But like in a lot of ways, it's a massive step forward. But yeah. in some ways, it's it's a step backwards yeah. from those games. So in Skyrim, if you went into a town, sure, loading screen. Go into a building, loading screen. Okay. But when you're around the world, you can go from one corner to the other corner, not meet a single loading screen. You could spend an hour walking across the entire map and not see a single loading screen. But that's not the case in in, in Starfield. It's not like a big cohesive world uh it's a series of fishbowls yeah um yeah, it's a series of so, terrariums that you can jump to at any point yeah but in a game like no man's sky which also has procedural generation a lot of these things it's all moving between one 
you know, one to the next is completely seamless. But in this one, get onto your ship, it's a loading screen. Uh, sit down, take off, it's a loading screen. Travel to another system, it's a loading screen. Travel from somewhere in a system to the planet you want to get to, it's a loading screen. Land, it's a loading screen. Get off your ship, it's a loading screen. Go into the city, it's a loading screen. Yeah. It's just loading screen, loading screen, loading screens. And then if you land on a planet, you can't just go and wander off and explore because you'll come up against an invisible wall because you'll reach the edge of your fishbowl. And then you have to get in your ship, take off, yeah, fly choose to a new landing bit. point, land. And then you're in a new fishbowl and it is not connected to the one that you were seeing before. So if you walk to the edge and you see like some mountains and you take off and move your landing point just a little bit up towards there and land again, those mountains won't be there because the next fishbowl has been procedurally generated. So it's not cohesive at all. It's just little slices. It's all instance. Um, no, yeah. That's, and that's it's the like, problem, but it's with everything. It Just everything yeah. feels like... Disjointed, disjointed, mismatched, and mm-hmm. and that's not just like you say with the but procedural that would, stuff. Like that would be fine if it wasn't procedurally generated. If there wasn't, if they hadn't felt the need to put this this sticker on the box that says we've got a thousand planets that you can land on, if instead they had a dozen planets that you could land on that were designed and curate, curated like the Outer Worlds, mm. yeah. then this it feels it. like a this much more cohesive. Analog. Yeah. You look at the Outer Worlds and you look at the way that that has personality and mm-hmm. interesting character and characters. And a sense of humour. This of game humor. has this yeah. game has no humour at all. No. Absolutely none. It's, just, it's, it's the most vanilla game I think I've ever played. Like I'm playing this and I'm thinking, do you know what? I should go back to Cyberpunk because that's at least got a bit of balls about it. All right. So yeah. It, it was a janky mess, but it builds a world. You know, I feel like I'm invested in a, in some kind of story. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in, you, that I know who my character is and what their motivations are. Yep. You know? And like, for all its faults, it feels like a more lived-in world than, yeah. than Starfield ever does. Yeah. And, all right, fine, that could, you could make an excuse for it and say, oh, yeah, well, it's the future and everything's white and pristine and blah, blah, blah. But... Mm-hmm. Like you say, you don't go. It's not all white and pristine. You do go to these like muddy worlds, and you do go to all these other different biomes, but they all feel very static. And I just, um, I just, it doesn't make me want to come back. I did encounter, I, I think Starfield's sense of humour earlier today. Um, I found it's the core of its humour. Oh, I thought I, th- I, humor th- core. I hope not. I hope not. I really hope not. Um, I'm doing a mission, uh, a quest line uh, for one of the factions where I have infiltrated the pirates, the the Crimson Fleet. Um, and I'm doing missions for them, but working, you know, I'm doing it's an inside job sort of thing. I'm trying mm. to find evidence to help bring them down. And I was wandering around their base, uh, and the Crimson Fleet is supposed to be like this terrifying pirate scourge, mm. you know causing mayhem and havoc across the universe they're like destroying outposts and murdering and stealing and there was a piece of paper taped to the wall and someone had written on it is cereal a type of soup and someone had written yes and then scribbled it out and written hell no underneath okay so that's just a left for dead room you know okay that's it yeah, that was that was that's the only joke 
if you can call out a joke, I don't think you can. No, that's the only joke. thing approaching humor that I've come across in this entire fucking game so far. And I've played a good chunk of it. It feels like, uh, and it's just, yeah, it's just, it doesn't have any, any of the personality that, I don't mean like, but at least the fallout games can lean on the fifties retro, you know, then, and have fun with it. Yeah. You know? And they were full of interesting characters and like interesting side quests. And like, I haven't like funny, wacky side quests. The main stories in Bethesda games have always no, been where's, shit. Where's the church of the wacky... atom or whatever. Yep, none of that stuff. No, I haven't found like any that. of that stuff at all. Like it's just been so dry and boring mm. um, so far. Yeah, the, like story. And we're, so I found myself less and less wanting to engage in it. And I've just been, I've played a good Literally. chunk of it, but I've just been fucking about with the other stuff, just like prodding at these systems just to see if I can find anything that has some sort of depth. Um, and the only thing so far that is kind of fun is for all of its limitations, you can build some really dumb shit with the shipbuilder. Um, and people found like when you fight enemies uh, in the shit in the space combat, which is oh, I very think I very basic. Say. Yeah, they target the middle of your ship. Yeah, center of mass. Yeah, so someone built a ship that doesn't have a middle. They have a donut. Uh, no, it's, it's a it's a the frame of a cube. Yeah, basically, uh, and it means that they're pretty much indestructible because they can't. The enemies there are aiming at a bit middle. of the ship that, that isn't there. Yeah. Um, which is quite funny. Um, but I have seen some people build some, like, kind of half, nearly sort of approximations of, like, the Pizza Express ship from Futurama or um, the drop ship from Aliens, but they never look right. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean... I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird ones. For for all of the stuff that I don't like about it, it's like, it's like, like really bad trash TV, where I just can't turn it off. Yeah. Like I know it's bad. I know there is no, there's no, there's nothing really of substance here. There's nothing. I'm gonna like five minutes after I finish playing the game, I've forgotten what happened. Yeah, but you're still but, watching Bargain Hunt. I'm still watching Bargain Hunt. I'm still watching Storage Wars. I'm still watching. Oh my god! I mean, so we fucking have you ever watched Botched? Oh no, um, I clicked onto that the other day. I thought, that looks oh, horrendous. Oh, me and Zoe kind of love it. It's bad. It's trash, and like yeah. the people in it are awful. But I kind of I love it. I kind of love it. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about uh, Starfield. It's bad, and I know it's bad for me. And there's like far better games I could be playing. Um, but well, I that's kind what of, you've got at the moment. Right now, I'm just like I don't mind jumping in and just turning my brain off and it's, letting it like weird. wash over me. The bit that's been like stressing me out the most is like because I've obviously been trying to form my opinions on it as I've been playing it, and kind of mm-hmm. I've been coming down on the, on the negative side quite a lot. But then I don't know, I listen to a podcast, you know, I listen to gaming podcasts and stuff, and then. Hearing these like guys out in the states who are absolutely losing their mind for the game, and how it's the most incredible world, and like the the missions are just so diverse and incredible. And are they blah, blah. are they also wearing a load of Starfield swag? 
Uh, yeah, and I just think like either you mm. are so lost in games journalism that you're, like, yeah. you're, you're, you'll you'll say anything nice about anything. Or no, it's, I, I've it's, lost or I've lost my mind because that is not the same game I'm playing. It's uh, a lot of um, there are a lot of people. I, I stumble across the the corner of the internet every now and then because they're very active on Twitter. Mm. Uh, people, grown grown adults, still fighting the console wars. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, it's just like and. These people are like incredibly invested in Xbox having a win because they right. haven't had like a big like killer first party game for a long time, and so Starfield is that win, it's, whether it, it is the great or not. white hope, and it and it got knocked out in the first round. So, but so, so they they're going to pin everything. They are like huffing that copium, and Starfield is the is the game of the generation already, um, yeah. because they need it to be to like because they're. They're so invested yeah. in this multi-million-dollar corporation that doesn't even know they exist. Uh, one thing I will say with Damon for the game mm-hmm. is that I I have enjoyed the combat. When I've actually got into a combat situation, yeah, it's all right. It's not bad. The shooting is the fine. fine. It's it's better than it's been in any yeah. any um, Fallout game before. I miss vats. You know, uh, I really miss having vats. I don't know why there isn't a that's equivalent mm. in there um there is in space combat but not in like the regular shooting uh such a weird game just, it's fine like i say there are points so, in this where i feel like i'm playing football manager and i'm just going from menu to menu clicking on stuff mm-hmm. and yep. i've spent 20 minutes clicking on various different menus and i haven't done anything and i just think like right, mm-hmm. i'll just go and play football manager instead you know, because I'll, I'll probably get more out of it watching the games than I would do flying about in space. Yeah, it's it's so I, um, weird. I uh, one last thing that I'll, that I'll mention that I noticed that that that, it's, mm. that that feels like a step back from their previous games uh, is the music because like Fallout games have always had the you know I mean how many songs popular songs from the fifties are now for an entire generation, oh, yeah. completely synonymous with Fallout. Yeah, I don't want to set the world on fire. If I hear that song, oh, all yeah. I'm thinking about is Fallout. And like the music in Skyrim is iconic. Like that main theme tune is iconic. Uh, it's so many of those like ambient pieces of music. Like mm. uh, uh, I, I still like hum them from time to time. And I like occasionally I, I like when i'm playing dungeons and dragons I, I, I dm or use music from skyrim as like you know mood music in the background because it's just great yeah. music there's not, nothing in starfield there's like a main motif that mm. plays in the menu and it plays when you level up and apart from that i don't think i've heard any music no exactly like you what i would love is a mod of this that just mods in all the music from halo <laughs> like the, the soundtrack to different yeah. Halo like games into this, and it would make it so much better. Yep, you know, just that, that opening theme on the menu would make a make a big difference, make yep. it feel more it epic. Would. But yeah. everything, it's, but again, like you say, it's just weak. Like mm-hmm. the, the menu music is weak. It puts you mm-hmm. into a game that is weak and vanilla, and it just it never rises above you know a whisper of a voice you know at any point you know it never makes you feel like, oh my god fuck yeah let's go and do this it's just like kind of yeah come on we'll go over here we'll go over there we'll do this 
Oh, there's a ship. Let's shoot that down. It never. It's just a. It's another um, case of uh, Todd Howard yeah. promising the world and not delivering it. Oh, you mean completely overpromising? He is like there's that meme that floats around. I might use it as a thumbnail for this episode of of um, the uh, Polaroid from Memento. It says, "Don't believe his lies." Yeah. But it's Todd Howard's face. Um, <laughs> don't believe his lies. Basically, when he comes, he's like, um, when he comes out, like even after the game came out, and he comes out and says to some Bloomberg reporter who's who was asking a question that people have been saying about the poor PC performance, and he said, "Like, no, it's performing great on PC. You just need to update your rig." And then a few days later. They put out a press release saying, "Oh, we're going to patch in DLSS. We're going to patch in like being able to lock the frame rate, being able to adjust the FOV, bunch of other quality of life stuff for the PC because it was not optimized for PC. Yeah. Like, it's so dumb. Like the, the, the um, you see the one on Rock Paper Shotgun about. I mean, admittedly, it does say in the requirements requires SSD, but apparently you cannot run the game on a hard drive. Really, a mechanical hard drive because all the audio goes out of sync." And it can't keep up. Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. But like I say, that is actually engine. in the requirement. So, like, you know, know that going in. But, yeah, but someone has tried it. And, yes, yeah, it's, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't run. They need all. to. And they can't now because I'm sure that they are still using this engine uh, in because they've said they've confirmed that development has started on the new Elder Scrolls. And they'll be using this engine again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but they need to they need to put in the effort to come up with a new engine. They can't just keep put keep yeah. putting more and more scaffolding yeah. on top of this more one. Sticking plasters. Like, I mean, counterpoint. Did you have you heard the rumors that the encumbrance stuff that's been in their games for forever is because if you've got t- uh, too many items in your inventory, uh, it causes a memory leak. I wouldn't be surprised if that was real. Generally, wouldn't be surprised. I've seen it a few, in a few places on the internet, but I don't know how much of that <laughs> is true. Maybe it in older me. iterations, I would have thought they'd have fixed that by now, because that's quite an easy sure. thing to fix. Um, uh, what I what I would sorry, it's Bethesda. What I would say <laughs> is like uh, counterpoint to you saying they can't just keep on scaffolding this old engine anymore. They can have and will. Mm. Like they have like. I'm sure, I don't know sales figures and, and Game Pass numbers and stuff, but Starfield will have, you know, done expectations and done numbers and sold a ton. And it's all the, you know, mainstream gaming out there. interesting how many people about. have just dipped into the Game Pass and gone and done what I've done, dipped into yeah. the Game Pass, gone, nah, not for me. Well, same as me. Uh, well, but... a lot of people uh, who, even if they did pick it up on Game Pass, paid the extra thirty pounds yeah. or thirty bucks to play it a few days early. Sorry, not a few yeah. days early to play it on the actual release date because mm. the early access—that is the release date. Yeah, you only get to play it on the release date if you pay extra money. And it had already the... broken the Steam concurrent records for Skyrim in the pre. Yeah, uh, so... all-time peak is like three hundred and thirty thousand people on Steam. Uh, all of those yeah. people would have paid for it. Yeah, so there you go. That's probably done the numbers that it needed to anyway. It needed to do. Yeah. yeah. Bonkers, and um, I wouldn't be that surprised if, you know, in a few years it gets released on PlayStation. 
just for another bite of the cherry. I mean, yeah, weird. They love to. I look forward to uh, to the weird nerds complaining about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think I, I don't think I've really got much else to say nah. about it, to be honest. I know. No, I, I am literally fifty-fifty on whether I actually want to go back to it at the moment or just uninstall it because I just it. I, I just don't know if it's so dull. I'll I will probably go back to it, but it I, I want to get to just the bit, em, it's no, just I haven't got calories. to the building bit yet, so I'm going to give it that chance. I think and get to that that stage where I can actually. Yeah, and it's down. the outpost stuff yeah. as well. I haven't even touched that uh, that nonsense. But yeah, um, I don't. I don't I'm not bound, like bounding home from the office to go and play Starfield. Let's put it that way. No, neither am I, but I'm also not playing other games that I probably should, <laughs> should be. be playing. Yeah, exactly. The game of the year. Yeah. I mean, I've got fucking, um, to be fair, I hit, I hit a brick wall in Armored Core 6. Uh, <laughs> I come up against a very, very difficult boss that I can't get past, but I should be trying to beat that boss and not playing this shit. Yes, mate. I should be playing one of my multiple other saves in um, uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3. I should be finishing you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales. There's, mm-hmm. there's plenty of things I should be doing. But I'm playing this empty, vapid nonsense. <laughs> so, I yeah. don't know. Go figure. Brains are weird. Yeah. Got anything else you want to say about it? Or should we wrap nope, it up? All good for me. No. Nope. All good. Right. I'm gonna go play some more. <laughs> I was gonna try. I was gonna try and build a silly spaceship. I, I want to have a go at trying to build the dropship from Aliens. I don't know if it'll work, but we'll see. Cool. Just so I can say in the pipe five five five. Um. All right, gentlemen. Thanks very much for joining me. As always, absolute pleasure to chat to you. Uh, what have we got upcoming, Nick? We've got some stuff. Next episode. We do, yeah. Well, sort of. Next episode, uh, we are going to be inaugurating another game into the Lapsed Gamer Hall of Fame. We are. Um, and then in a couple of weeks after that, uh, we're going to do a Halloween-themed Ballyhoo uh, and watch the oh, God. most recent uh, Resident Evil film, which is Resident <laughs> Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, which I have already seen before and I think is a good movie. So we'll we'll that see one's what not everyone else thinks. Paul W. Sanderson, is it? No, I don't think so. It's not. Well, it's not Mila Jovovich. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not um, Paul W. Sanderson. Okay, interesting. All right. I was I was like worrying about it because uh, I thought uh, it was another Paul W. Sanderson film, and I cannot stand his films. But it's not him, so maybe it will be all right. <laughs> it's got a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes 29% that is very promising I enjoyed it that's <laughs> all I'm going to say uh, we'll yeah. see if I enjoy it on a rewatch but yeah I, I, <laughs> I thought it was an enjoyable horror film that stayed true to the video games so there. we'll see um, yeah. a little pro- and yeah peak there from Nick. I think that's all we've got coming up at the minute yeah. like pending yeah, so, so lots of plans um, but yeah, we'll watch this space for more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, well, thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next episode.
Draw. Bye. Bye.